So today I'm talking to Erro Helenius. Hello. Hello, here. Uh, uh, thank you for having me. It's um, an honor and a, uh, honestly a bit of a surprise to be yeah, here. Yeah, absolutely. Great to have you. So I had a discussion with uh, Nikita uh, about, because he also yep. has his own uh, extension for Sublime, or actually this is the topic we're going to talk about. So what's the, like, how do you pronounce the, the name of the open source project, the Sublime extension? Uh, yeah, it's uh, called Tutkain. Tutkain, okay. And uh, mm -hmm. yeah, it's a it's a pretty weird word actually. <laughs> <laughs> the the name comes from the Finnish translation of um uh, of Shakespeare's Hamlet. There's this um okay sort of the famous soliloquy where he says like to be or not to right. be, and there's a line where in the English version it says uh, with a bare bodkin. So there's a, a bodkin in in the Finnish translation is Tutkain. Okay. And, in that context, it refers to the blade of a knife. So that's basically what it I means. See. That's cool. You know, <laughs> I think in closure community, we are used to the Finnish names because there are some companies yeah. that have really great open source stuff. So I don't think this is strange yep. to anyone. But um, so, uh, yeah, like, how did you even start with this project? Why Sublime? Like, or maybe like, why do you use Sublime? Most of the people seems to be using uh, Emacs and Cursive. Mm. Um, where does this start? Uh, yeah, so... Um, well, I, I think I started first started using Sublime Text back in I think it was like twenty thirteen or something like that, when Sublime Text two came out, and uh, I sort of immediately liked it because it was so fast and uh, it also had great support for multiple cursors. So I just sort of got used to those two things mm -hmm. really quickly, and also the sort of minimal interface I really enjoyed. So I've never liked this sort of thing where you have like a million buttons on the screen mm -hmm. and then um, all kinds of stuff. So um, I used it for JavaScript and Ruby and stuff like that back in the day. Mm -hmm. um, and then when I first started getting into Clojure, I um, I used Lightsable mm -hmm. first and I, I really liked it because it had this sort of support for um, uh, evaluating directly from the editor. Mm -hmm. And it had it also had support for like um, inline evaluation, so you could like evaluate like, like uh, plus one one, and then you would get right. to directly like in the editor. So that was really mm -hmm. cool, and I think it was a really great environment for learning closure. Mm -hmm. um, but then I um, I moved when I started doing closure professionally. I, I moved into to Cursor, mm -hmm. and. Um, I really enjoyed it as mm -hmm. well, um, and actually, it's a really big inspiration for Tutkain because uh, whenever I'm in sort of in doubt about what to do or how how something should work, then I start thinking like, well, how does this work in I cursive? Then, yeah. then I like take my cue from mm -hmm. there. Um, but yeah, then at some point when I like um, started working on multiple different projects at work, so at one point I was the sole maintainer of four different closure project mm -hmm. projects. Um, and then when I needed to switch between projects pretty often, mm -hmm. uh, I sort of started getting frustrated with the, uh, with how slow it is to switch between projects in, in um, idea, mm -hmm. IntelliJ idea. So then I started thinking like, well, maybe I could like, use sublime text sometimes to do something simple for that and use that for um like quick edits in another project mm -hmm. and stuff like that so that's sort of what got me into making the the sublime text mm -hmm. plugin in the first place and i had i had created a 
uh, Sublime Text plugin for an XML related thing previously, so it wasn't like completely unknown mm-hmm. territory for I me. I see. What were, when was the moment where you felt like you have enough in Sublime that you can actually go and try to um, build the whole support for Closure? Well, that's a, I mean, it was a pretty long, uh, pretty long uh, process, really. So um, the first version of, of Sublime, the, the plugin uh, used Preble, uh, which is a sort of, it was, it's, it's, it was this new thing back then that was introduced in Closure 1.10. Mm-hmm. So it's um, sort of this semi-structured Rebel thing where you give it uh, like closure forms mm-hmm. and then it gives you back these uh, results wrapped in EDN envelopes. So I'll, I was like, well, EDN is data and um, blah, blah, blah. So I, it should be pretty easy to just open up those <laughs> envelopes, mm-hmm. so to speak, and uh, grab the results and show them in Sublime Text. So that was the first version of, of uh, Tultkine. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I almost actually published that in um, in um, in package control, which is the Sublime Text sort of package uh, repository where people mm-hmm. get their uh, plugins. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, uh, because I was using this um, external dependency for uh, parsing and writing EDN. Um, that there was this sort of problem that it would have polluted the whole Sublime Text plugin host. So I ended up not doing that because I didn't want to be <laughs> like, uh, I didn't want it to be like inconvenient in that way. So then I moved on to NREPL mm-hmm. um, because NREPL uses uh, this encoding format called BENCode or BENCode. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I figured, well, I might be able to just implement bank codes for, from, from scratch. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, I did that. So the second version of, of Tutkain used NREPL and, uh, that was because I wanted to, or I, I, th- I figured that I could maybe implement, uh, support for, um, uh, for this, a uh, simpler, uh, format called bank code myself. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't feel confident in like implementing EDN support from scratch, but bank code is quite a lot, quite a bit simpler. Mm-hmm. So I figured that that might be possible. And, uh, I did use that for a pretty long time. So, um, uh, that was, that worked pretty well. It was all good. Um, and, uh, I used the, um, uh, the features that NREPL has for auto completion and uh, um, loading uh, code mm-hmm. uh, to sort of implement my own stuff for for Tutkin. Mm-hmm. But then at some point I got interested in sort of this idea of streaming REPLs because the, the thing is that with NREPL uh, both um, the input to the, the REPL or the NREPL server and the output from the NREPL server, they're wrapped in these sorts of bend code envelopes. Mm-hmm. And that means that it's sort of difficult to, to escape those envelopes, so to speak. So if you want to, for example, start a nested REPL, uh, it's not currently supported by NREPL. Mm-hmm. So that's a big, big inspiration for, or a big reason for why I um, started looking into um, uh, streaming socket REPLs and another reason was closure script support mm-hmm. and we can get into into mm-hmm. that later sure. uh, but yeah I mean sort of to go back a little bit about uh, regarding sublime text and why I sort of wanted to <laughs> wanted to use that um, it's sort of 
it's a somewhat difficult question to answer because it's like I like how it feels. Right. <laughs> Basically, it's yeah. sort of so smooth and fast that I just enjoy using it. I mean, I I did try um, uh, when I back when I was using Cursive, I did try using Calva and I tried like a Vim Fireplace, mm -hmm. I think, and Space Max and all of these mm -hmm. other editors, but none of them felt quite right for mm -hmm. me. Uh, it's like I I like the way. Sublime, I mean, for me, the one problem with Emacs and Vim and editors like that are that they are sort of separate from the rest of the operating system, mm -hmm. right? So if you like want to copy paste something, then you have different key bindings in Emacs mm -hmm. for that, for example. But with Sublime Text and, and VS Code and stuff like that, it's the same. Right. So that's one, one aspect. And like smooth uh, scrolling right. and uh, <laughs> stuff right. like that and multiple cursors. Yeah. Also, I didn't want to live without those. So. Right. I think it's very difficult actually for Sublime users to like say, it's, there's something right about the editor. I, it's like yeah. it's somehow it's hard to describe if you did never use it. But if you used it and exactly. then you switch to something else, it's like, oh, I'm actually, mm. I actually prefer that. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, it's sort of difficult to, and it's sort of, <laughs> I've actually struggled with that a bit because I kind of want to, write in Dutkind's webpage that, you know, this feels nice. It feels nice to use Sublime right. Text and like, but it's not really <laughs> something you can uh, write there and expect people to just right. believe it. So yeah. it's just, I don't know. Mm -hmm. So what kind of features does this ex extension support? Like what, what do you get when you install this on Sublime? Uh, right. So, um, well, I think I could maybe mention some of the main right. features. Yeah, yeah. There's like too many to, to, but yeah. So the basic basic features are um, uh, support for evaluating uh, closure forms directly from your editor. Mm -hmm. So that's like, of course, that's uh, what you expect to get. That's one thing. Um, then you also get our um, uh, automatic indentation on enter. Mm -hmm. So um, I didn't really want to mess with like I, I just, when I write code, I just want the editor to like format the code mm -hmm. for me basically, or indent at least. So um, that is something you get. And then you also get par edit um, because that's just what I mm -hmm. use. So, I mean, I know that some people prefer par mm -hmm. infer, but I never got into that. So I, I don't, I haven't. Right. And I don't think I could even implement support for that. It's probably a bit too difficult for me, mm -hmm. but um, yeah. So that's one thing you get. Uh, then um, you get um, auto completion. You get go to definition. Mm -hmm. You can connect to more than one runtime, mm -hmm. and you get um, closure script support if you're using <laughs> Shadow CLJS. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's that's most of it. I, what like basically maybe just to add a bit uh, regarding par edit, I, I would expand mm -hmm. on it a bit and say it's more like structural right. editing. Uh, I mean, if you're used to cursive, then it's close to that. Maybe not quite as refined, mm -hmm. quite yet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I don't know if I'll ever get there, yeah. but uh, a similar thing anyway. Right. Yeah. Um, when it comes to you said the form evaluation, uh, this is like inline. So I assume there is some kind of uh, REPL window. So this, but you get the results in the line where you evaluate. It doesn't just send it to the REPL, right? 
Uh, yeah, well, actually, you can choose okay. in in Bootkind. So you can choose whether to show the results in mm-hmm. line next to the form you're evaluating. So that's one option. I don't really use that a lot mm-hmm. myself because I think it's only useful for small mm-hmm. results mm-hmm. for me because Sublime Text doesn't have really have a UI for showing like large right. things in mm-hmm. line, in my opinion. Uh, so yeah, so you can uh, when you connect to a, a socket grapple in Bootkind, you um, and the, you can um, choose whether to show the results in line or in a separate sort of uh, view mm-hmm. in the same window or a, or a panel, which have mm-hmm. slight differences. Right. But that's um, yeah. yeah. Right, uh, and um, I guess the installation is as simple as just adding this package in Sublime, and then configuration option yeah. would be uh, a text file. Um, yeah, text file, and then some properties on uh, I don't know, is it JSON? Uh, yeah, it's kind of right. JSON. It's JSON with comments. Right. But yeah, I mean, um, the typical installation procedure would be, as you said, to install it from package control and then uh, configure any key bindings you want mm-hmm. to use. So by default, Tutkin doesn't have any key bindings mm-hmm. uh, enabled by default. And that's a, a sort of a trade-off. I, <laughs> I know that. Yeah. It would be nice to have default key bindings, but it's just completely impossible to avoid key binding conflicts, right. especially in a plugin such as this, where there are so many possibilities mm-hmm. to, um, like so many commands to bind keys too. Right. So, um, but I have tried to make it as easy as possible to sort of pick up the a, a default set of key bindings and then right. just copy paste them into a, a, your uh, setting mm-hmm. file. Uh, like what, uh, like just doing this plugin in Sublime. So I believe this mm-hmm. is like Python slash closure code base. Uh, yeah, exactly. So um, um, the way it works is that um, uh, there's Python code mm-hmm. that connects to the closure runtime mm-hmm. and then sort of uh, sends over some um, closure code to that runtime. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Tutkin opens another socket connection to the uh, closure runtime after that. So there are actually two connections. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Tutkin uses the first connection, the sort of default um, socket REPL connection for evaluations, and then the other connection for everything else, like auto-completion and go-to-definition and sort of everything else related to communicating with the closure runtime. Mm-hmm. Um, do you feel like, like, what did you learn by even doing this? Did you learn anything about closure or it was more learning about Python and Sublime? Well... I would say I've, I've learned quite a bit about all of those mm-hmm. things. Um, certainly, closure um, and repls. I mean, I didn't really, I hadn't really paid a lot of attention to repls before mm-hmm. this. I mean, I was just like, well, there's n repl, right. and that's like, you know, that's what you have and that's what you use. Um, then, but I've sort of, uh, I think I've learned a lot about what the word repl. It, like initially meant. I mean, some people think that some um, end REPL isn't actually a REPL, that it's more like an eval RPC mm-hmm. kind of thing. I don't know. I don't really have a strong opinion about it. Uh, but um, at least I have come to understand the sort of the difference between the um, between a socket REPL and end REPL and, and P REPL okay. uh, a lot better. Um, I've learned about uh, like tools analyzer, uh, certainly, certainly a lot about Python. It's not 
like a, a big interest of mine. Um, I'm sort of so, <laughs> right. <laughs> so uh, it, it's kind of like I'm so used to closure at this point and it's sort of interactive style development that it's kind of painful sometimes right. to <laughs> program in Python because there's no, I can't use uh, my REPL facilities with uh, with Python. So, um, would you yeah. mind talking a bit more uh, between the differences between NREPL and SocketREPL? I don't know that I'm the best person to talk about that, but I'll give it a try. So there's a, um, there's a Google Groups thread about this that's pretty or really interesting. I think uh, it's between um, Rich Hickey and uh, Closure Fleming and other folks. Uh, regarding the differences between NREPL and, and uh, streaming socket REPL. And uh, in that thread, Rich, uh, Rich Hickey uh, um, gives reasons for why the socket REPL design is like it is. So, I mean, I would, like, if you're interested in that, I would um, recommend reading that thread. Um, uh, maybe we can link link it somewhere. Sure. But um, so the main difference is that um, NREPL is, um, as I said before, it's sort of uses by default, it uses um, uh, an encoding format named Ben code to um, it's sort of when you send a message to an NREPL server, you have to wrap it, wrap it in this sort of Ben code uh, envelope. And so, for example, if you're evaluating something, uh, um, you're basically sending um, a closure map like thing where there's like an op key and the value is eval and then there's a code key and the value is the, the code that you're evaluating, right? And then you get back a similar kind of map encoded as Ben code. So, and the map says like, well, the results of your evaluation was whatever. Um, and with socket REPL, there are no envelopes. So if you like send, um, for example, inc one, uh, form like like incrementing the number right. one that's all you're sending you're just sending that bit of, of text to the server and what you get back is um, the results which is um two so that's all of course if you print something like print line for example then you also get that um print result in the same stream by default so that is why most or at least i, I think so that that's the reason um, most um, existing solutions don't use socket REPL because it's they sort of want to distinguish between what are evaluation results and what are like standard output prints and what are standard error prints and stuff like that. So that is, if you're just using the most, um, if you're just connecting into a socket REPL with the like, uh, as it is, then that's what you're going to get. And, and, and I understand why people haven't really <laughs> gone that route because it's, I also want to be able to distinguish between um, evaluation results and then standard output and standard error. But in Dotcoin's case, the way I've solved it is that, um, as I mentioned before, I, I um, have two separate uh, connections between the, the editor and the, uh, the runtime. So I send the um, standard output and standard error prints via the other channel. And I use the, the initial channel only for evaluation results. 
and that is I mentioned uh, the uh, the Google Groups uh, thread before, so I I took inspiration directly from from that thread. So, well, one thing I specifically didn't want in Tutkain is uh, is Jack in, which is this sort of um, feature where you um, um, the 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 editor itself spins up the closure runtime and then it um, uh, downloads dependencies like cider or orchard or whatever the end repo stack is at the moment mm-hmm. I don't really know so I that I didn't really want to have I from the beginning I wanted to have something where you start the closure runtime separately from your terminal or wherever mm-hmm. and then you just give your editor a TCP port to connect to and mm-hmm. that's it so right. that's that's I, I wanted to keep that as simple as possible because I as I said before I work on <laughs> quite many projects so sort of coming up with the correct jack-in configuration for all of those wasn't something I was willing to. So instead I decided to spend like hundreds of hours writing my own editor plugins right. <laughs> to, to get out of doing that. So that was um, that was one thing I, I wanted from the beginning. And another thing was closure script support. Uh, that was better in quotation marks better or the, the way I like it at least. Um, because I was in the end uh, repl ecosystem, the uh, the solution for closure script support is um, piggyback. I think um, even if you're using Shadow CLJS, no, uh, that uses its own own middleware actually. Right. But still, it's kind of like you first start the closure repl and then you turn that closure repl into a, a closure script repl. Right. That's basically right. how it works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I was never really happy about that. I wanted to have a separate closure script repl and a separate closure repl. So if I wanted to start like closure script repl independently, I could do that or connect to one that is. Um, um, so that was one one big motivation for, for Tutkain as well. And I I do have that, uh, but it does require Shadow CLJS because there's, to my knowledge, there is no way to do that uh, in a manner that is um, build tool agnostic. So either you implement that support for Shadow CLJS or mm-hmm. then FigWheel, but like for just closure script, I, I don't think there's a way to do that, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So so yeah, that's um, that, th- those th- two things are like, um, were like, uh, yeah, uh, things that I really wanted to have in, in Bootcoin. Uh, I think one of the main things I've learned that it's it's a lot of work <laughs> doing something like this. Right. So uh, all my respect to and props to to Colin Fleming and uh, and uh, everyone who maintains Kawa and um, and cider and everything else because it's like uh, just like having like supporting J- different JVM versions and different closure versions and different platforms. It, it's like it feels like it's actually way too much work for one person, but I'm in the the lucky position that I'm. I think there's one person besides me who uses Tutkain, so I'm not like inundated with <laughs> support requests at the moment. So, um, like if I had uh, hundreds of users, then I might be like drowning in in <laughs> bug tickets and uh, stuff like that. So, but it really is a. a a massive amount of work whenever you get something done it's like oh okay this is uh, I, I need to do this as well and right uh, so yeah it's never ending 
Yeah, totally. Yeah, and uh, do you have any GitHub sponsors or anything like this that people can just chip in or support you? <laughs> no, no, that feels kind of. <laughs> mm, I don't know. I guess that feel a bit sad because there's <laughs> who would. Uh, I don't have any users who, who would be willing to sponsor me. I don't think. Uh, and anyway, I don't think. I I'm not quite sure. It's what the taxation policy regarding stuff like that is in Finland. Mm-hmm. I've maybe. I'm under the impression that it's a bit tricky. So even if somebody wanted to sponsor me, I don't know how that would work out like tax wise. So I don't know. <laughs> But so far I haven't had to, to worry about that. All right. Well, uh, maybe you should try. Uh, maybe there are people <laughs> interested and maybe someone listening after this podcast will say, well, I would give it a go. So, uh, well, uh, we'll see. Uh, well, who knows? I think the easiest ways to reach you is over the, um, the Slack, uh, closure in Slack, right? So yep. someone is interested, uh, yep. they can just hit you up. Uh, yep. And what are your plans for the future? For uh, Well, I don't really have like a, a massive amount of plans or anything. I'm, I'm currently or, or recently I've been working on closure docs integration. So um, it's this pretty small feature where if you move your cursor on top of a symbol, like let's say MapCat, and right. you want to see the examples for how to mm-hmm. um, uh, use MapCat, then you can just invoke a key binding and you'll get this split screen where on the right you have the closure docs examples and on the left you have your initial um, code. And then you can evaluate things from the closure, doc, uh, closure docs examples uh, directly. So I'm, I'm, I know that other editors have similar sort of thing. Right. Um, And uh, I wanted to give it a try, and I've actually found it quite useful already. So I think that's that's staying in. Um, that's a sort of a minor minor thing, I think. Um, but other than that, I don't really have a, a grand plan at the moment. Uh, I all I know is that I want to improve the existing functionalities. There are some problems with um, performance, for example, related to the indentation feature and par edit. So I want to tackle those at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to improve the auto-completion support somewhat. So for example, when you're in a namespace declaration and you uh, require a new namespace, like like let's say closure sets, and then if you want to refer something, then you would get the auto-completions for that namespace only. So mm-hmm. that's, that's currently not implemented, something like that I would like to have. Um, But uh, other than that, I don't uh, like it's, I would say that uh, <laughs> like one of the main benefits of doing this has been that I, I'm really making this tool for myself. Right. So like, for example, the closure docs thing is, I was like, well, I mean, why am I switching or <laughs> like sw- switching between my, my editor and my browser all the time for this? Maybe I could just try doing this. And uh, I tried it and... It was pretty straightforward and now it works. So it's kind of <laughs> rewarding and, and empowering to be able to implement and fix things as you come across them. Right. Right. So, yeah. I mean, typically if you wanted to have something like that, for example, in, well, Cursive is closed source, so that's a bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but even in like Calva or Cider, I mean, it's a pretty long road to getting something like that, mm-hmm. like actually in the... the <laughs> The editor, so right. or the, the plugin rather. So um, it's like, but I I'm, I don't have any plans for like adding every 
feature under the sun. So I like to keep it lightweight mm-hmm. and whatever features I add, they are typically like just key bindings. So if you don't want to use them, then just don't. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're not like additional buttons in the UI or something like that. That's going to clutter things up. So, um, cool. Uh, and um, if someone needs support or wants to reach out, is there like any closure in Slack uh, channel or? Uh, well, yeah, I just uh, actually created uh, a channel for Tutkain. I'm the only <laughs> only member there at the moment. So if you are using Tutkain, I would uh, enjoy hearing from you. So uh, feel free to come over. But if you um, well, if you're using Tutkain and you come across any issues, please just create the uh, GitHub issue. I mean. That's one way I know that a lot of people aren't really using those kind because I'm not getting any issues, but I am noticing bugs myself when I use it. So it's like, uh, yeah. But um, yeah, uh, closure in Slack and GitHub, GitHub issues. Cool. Um, would there be anything else uh, you would like to mention? or One, one thing I, I would like to mention is that um, working on this thing has given me, I mean, I always... I think one of my favorite things about Clojure has always been the sort of interactive development style. So the, the, the sort of in, evaluating things directly from the editor and uh, getting results. And sort of building this thing has given me an even, even greater appreciation for, for that sort of thing. So it's it's been quite rewarding in that sense as well. It's really, really um, sort of enjoyable to make that um, process smoother for for yourself mm-hmm. uh, yeah i mean although i do have to say that at the same time this whole uh plugin is a sort of a massive exercise in in yak shaving because it's like i've i've literally spent like hundreds of hours on it uh i've like there have been many late evenings where i've worked on some feature so that i could use it at work the next day right. for example yeah. so if I had just continued using cursive, I probably would have saved time and like it would have been the sort of the reasonable choice. But I don't know. It's been it's been fun and educational, so I don't. I guess I don't really regret it. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's great. Actually, I think you can. You know, you might be as you said using cursive, which is great. I don't say mm-hmm. nobody should not use cursive or anything like yeah. this. But uh, yeah. I guess all of the learnings that you did uh, definitely mm-hmm. profit. All of the other projects that you're doing definitely the knowledge that you gain. Yeah. help with everything else so and i also oh, feel certainly. like i also feel like the best tools um or the best software is the software that is used directly by the developers who write it mm, uh, yeah and i feel like this is this is what you're exactly after so yeah i think yeah. it's fantastic yeah definitely and uh, i mean i i've learned so much about like I'm not a pro, but I've learned so much about like network programming, like sockets and yeah. like it, sort of transducers, for example, I sort of got into because of this project. So it's definitely benefited me in in, in many ways right. outside of just making the tool itself. Yeah, so yeah. it's been a, yeah, a, a very useful thing in that sense. Um, right. Build your own tools. Yeah. Yeah. Seconded. Yeah. yeah. Build your own <laughs> tools. All right. Um, well, thank you so much for joining and having the chat about uh, Tutkain. And I hope that after this podcast, you will have a bit more people on the channel. And I hope it won't be too overwhelming. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, let's hope so. <laughs> yeah. All thank right. you very much for having me. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, consider supporting it by rating it on your platform and telling others about it. You can also support it directly by buying subscription at closure.stream or sponsoring it on GitHub Sponsors. All the details in the show notes below.